Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. In for James the Brain. That's Travis, the placenta munching beard man, Rasmussen. <laughs> my, you didn't tell me you were going to do that, and my <laughs> intro had to do with placentas, so we'll just we'll just keep on going then. <laughs> Appreciate all my placenta loving brethren out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the it's one been guy. An interesting week. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of placenta connoisseurs out there. Mm-hmm. I am John. No soup for me. No soup for you. No soup for anyone, Hogue. And this is Super Placenta. Super flexible. Super flexible. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's no stick James. with the original name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll 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 go with super flexible for now. But I I just have a feeling that there's a wind blowing as far as this podcast goes. We've got a lot of momentum behind the placenta talk. So um, yeah, if anybody's and, super confused right now, you got to go listen to the last two shows. Yeah, exactly. Listen to the top six, top six from last week. I mean, those are those are fun episodes, anyways. But uh, it gets a little weird at times um, talking about. Uh, some of the things that humans do. So, but that was from our resident brainiac, James Catullus, who is not going to be here this week. Um, he's in the basement for the week. So, we're going to do our best to hold it down in his place. And we're going to talk about ADP this week, um, specifically in Superflex. I mean, this is a quarterback centric show. Um, but we want to talk about all the positions in a Superflex draft and some of their ADPs um, just because it, it it's it's I mean this is the time man this is this is when a lot of startup drafts are happening we're past the blackout the MFL downtime MFL is back up and uh, um, startup drafts are kicking off so let's jump into this we're gonna do some buys and sells Travis and let's start this week or this episode. We're going to focus on players inside the top 200. And I actually think that we're going to, a lot of it's going to be inside the top 100 with a couple exceptions. But so let's get after this with some quarterback buys. And uh, I'm actually going to let you go first. I know we've got it listed different, but um, I want to I wanna hear from you first. Okay. Yeah. So. It's time to get back to business, man. Last week we had some fun, but we got to talk some football now. Yeah. Um, and since James isn't here, I figured I might as well talk about Andrew Luck. <laughs> Fart sniffing convention coming up. Yes. <laughs> James, you're going to want to skip ahead if you're listening. <laughs> so Andrew Luck is my is my ADP buy for quarterback. And... We've talked about Andrew Luck a ton on this show, but mm-hmm. just a brief, brief recap. It's pretty much, I mean, same thing with, I mean, for the rest of the show, really, it's all going to be about cost, right? Andrew Luck right now is currently in Superflex Startup ADP going as QB9 off the board and 30 overall. If, you can, if you're telling me I can get Andrew Luck in the third round of a, of a Superflex Dynasty startup, like, I am all about that. I mean, let's. It was twelve months ago, ten months ago. He was going at like number five overall. Like this value is insane. And granted, I will, 
I will give you that there's more risk, obviously, than we knew about 12 months ago. But did you know, John, that Andrew Luck's original uh, recovery time from this injury was listed as 12 to 18 months? And right now he's in month 16 of that time frame. Oh, perfect. It's almost like he timed that just uh, <laughs> just right. Just get so ready just in I time just, for OTAs. I'm not saying he's going to be ready by by month 18, but all I'm saying is this thing is like overblown to the max where people are saying this is going to be the end of the end of his career. And I'm not saying that there's a 0% chance that happens. I mean it, it it's still within the realm of possibility. But it's not like he's way past his recovery time frame. And he also, he had a setback because they thought he was going to come back sooner. And so that probably is going to prolong it a little bit. And I know we're, we're recording the show the same day that the report came out that he hasn't, he still hasn't thrown an NFL-sized football. I guess he threw like a Nerf football or something. But huh. anyways, my point is... Can they do that? <laughs> I I don't that, see what the what the freaking difference is like if you're throwing a Nerf ball I, I don't is that's it, harder what, ha, is it two ounces heavier I don't understand yeah anyways I, he's I think throwing that a something. Nerf ball is Nerf ball is probably lighter but that makes it that's harder. what I'm saying have you ever tried to throw a a freaking a, a tight spiral with a Nerf ball it's impossible I don't think he like, cares about the, the spiral John I think he cares about does my shoulder hurt when I do this motion. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's a different guy than I am. I forgot. <laughs> all I care about You're is. all about that tight spiral. <laughs> yeah, tight spiral. Make it, it, they put those whistle things on either side of the nerfs, the nerf football. Sometimes they even put the tail on it, and I still can't get it to. It just goes end over end. It's just a dead duck. But all I want is for that thing to to spiral tight into whistle. But if yeah, you he, if you throw one of the ones with the tail on it. And it happens – if you can get it to go end over end, I think you've got a real problem. Is yeah. That's aerodyna- aerodynamically designed to not do that. Anyways, he's QB9. <laughs> Unless you throw it by he, the tail, like a like a hatchet. No, it straightens itself out. That's what that's the point of the thing. Okay, we got to move on. <laughs> I'm done talking about Andrew Luck. QB9 is a value. I'll take him there. He's also got, just from the trades we've talked about, he's got depressed trade value right now. I think he's worth the bet. I think think he's worth the risk um, because the return could be insane. You couldn't get this guy for cheaper than number five overall in a startup 12 months ago. And I know a lot has changed, but I still believe that he has the potential to regain that value. So that's Andrew Luck. Yeah, he... Here, real quick, Andrew Luck's going to play. He's going to be back on the field. I, I mean, I don't, I don't have a prognosis beyond that, obviously, but he's going to get back on the field. That's going to happen. Like the, 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 the idea that we've that we've seen Andrew Luck on an NFL field for the for the last time is just ridiculous. Like, what would it take for even if like if I lost my voice? And there are some people, you know, crossing their fingers right now. But if if I lost my <laughs> voice, do you think, do you honestly think that would be the last time that I would podcast? Not a not a freaking chance. I'll whisper through it if I have to, just to like they have to drag me out of here, kicking and screaming, 
and I, I'm giving some people some ideas right now, so we'll move on. I've got a guy for no, you. So Dak- I want to add on. Sorry, I know we we're no. on on Andrew Luck for a long time. I want to add on your your point a little bit. So let's just say, for some reason, Andrew Luck has another setback and doesn't play again in 2018. Mm-hmm. That's still not the end of Andrew Luck's career. Correct. He was he was so touted coming out. He produced in the NFL at such a high level. This guy's going to get as many chances as he freaking wants. And even if it's even if the Colts get tired of him, if that if that if that scenario happens and the Colts decide to cut bait, somebody else is going to sign him and want to start him. Like this guy is one of the the guys with like this is one of the quarterbacks with the longest leashes in the league. He he's you know what I mean? He, yep. He's so young and he's already done so much and he's so he was so he was such a high recruit. He was such a high like draft eligible, you know what I'm trying? He was such, such a highly rated prospect. Like this guy, there's no way he's out of the league anytime soon. Even if the worst our worst nightmare happens and he doesn't play again in 2018, like He's still going to hold value. You're still. It's not like you're going to be cutting this dude off your dynasty roster in six months. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, seriously. So, which which would you rather? If you're you're Frank Reich, head coach of the Colts, which would you rather do? Throw Andrew Luck out there. He only attempts twelve passes a game before the shoulder gets tired, or put Jacoby Brissett out there to attempt forty passes a game, thirty passes a game, whatever. You've got a way better chance of actually winning that football game with Andrew Luck throwing the ball 12 times than Jacoby Brissett throwing 30 times. I still think that he ends up on the field, even if he's not 100%, just, you know, if if it's kind of like, yeah, this is as good as it's ever going to get. You know, I think he's going to to be back on the field. I, I fully believe that. I would I would put money on that, in fact. But yeah, we we've spent quite a bit of time on this. We both agree, Andrew yep. Luck's coming back, and when he does, he becomes a top five superflex uh, dynasty quarterback. My guy, I personally view him right around a top five type of guy. Um, it, it, and I had him ranked that way going into the 2017 season. But Dak Prescott right now is quarterback twelve. And number 37 overall. And he's behind quarterbacks like Jameis Winston. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, very small sample size. Uh, Deshaun Watson, who's got a very small sample size. We've seen a full season of Dak Prescott at his best in 2016. He And he had some ups and downs in 2017, but to, to drop him all the way just barely within the, the number one quarterbacks is ridiculous to me. This is one of the good young passers in this league, and this is the perfect guy to put at your super flex. I mean, especially if you get him at quarterback 12. You pair him with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, and, man, that that dynasty is set. So, but the fact that he fell this far is just it, it's it's crazy to me. Dak Prescott belongs somewhere near the top five. I I couldn't agree more, man. This is recency. Wow. Yeah, this is recency bias at its finest. Yep. 
Yep. I don't well, know. I mean, I might not. I might have him at six or seven, maybe. Like the top five might not be a lock for me, but way, way undervalued and definitely a buy at this price. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this is a this is an interesting start to this. Um, very unexpected. Let's uh, keep tiptoeing <laughs> through the tulips together. We agreed. Here. Yeah, we agreed on yeah. two things in a row. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it feels like a house of cards, and at some point somebody's gonna turn on the air conditioning. But for the moment, let's uh, let's see what happens when we talk about wide receivers. I've got Robert Woods. He's wide receiver thirty-two and overall wide or overall player number eighty-nine. Despite the fact that he just got a huge bump, to me, he just got a huge bump with the the trade for Brandon Cooks, because all of a sudden. All of the the toughest coverage shifts over to the Brandon Cook side of the field. That means Patrick Peterson. That means Richard Sherman. You know, not to mention the guys who aren't in the division um, that that uh, that they're going to have to deal with um, every single year. Those, you know, you didn't necessarily even do it with Sammy Watkins. You didn't necessarily put the best cover corner and have him shadow Sammy Watkins, but you do that Careful. with Brandon Cooks careful (laughs) as much as i love sammy watkins i mean they're they it ended up happening a lot sammy watkins got much tougher coverage a lot of times than robert woods did but i mean you you could really go either way you know but with brandon cooks you have to put your top corner on him which means robert woods is you know, he just went from getting wide receiver one attention to getting poss- – in some cases, he's going to get the wide receiver three attention. This is a possession guy. He's going to be a huge PPR guy. He gets to work the the you know the intermediate routes. And so to have him, you know, as a, as a mid wide receiver three is – it, it is ridiculous. I mean, this might not reflect the fact that Brandon Cooks is now an LA Ram. Um, it seems like it does. The ADP we're going off of is fairly recently updated. But yeah, Robert Woods to me is a is a high end wide receiver too. After that trade, I'm on board with him being a value, so I'm not gonna mm-hmm. argue with you too much. I don't okay. know that I completely agree with the Brandon Cooks versus Woods kind of take that you had there. But, yeah, I I mean, he's still going to be productive. And I agree that he's not going to see the top coverage on any given day. So, yeah, I'm on board with it. I just – I don't appreciate the, the Sammy Watkins hate that you put out there right now. And <laughs> Well, it's I inadvertent. I don't think I'm... Brandon Cooks is – more talented than Sammy Watkins is. So also, so well, I have one, qu- one question for you. Did, mm-hmm. do you think that Robert Woods got a value jump when Watkins left? No, I think it, for me, Robert Woods, because Robert Woods became the wide receiver one in that offense. And that's the entire point for me is, you know, it, it's it's all based on the way defensive coordinators look at that offense and game plan for that against that offense. And I mean, Sammy Watkins 
you know, for it, at his best, he absolutely draws the number one cornerback. And he did a lot of last season, even though Robert Woods was the more productive wide receiver and he was the one that Jared Goff was looking for the most. They still tend to to shadow Watkins with the the you know with their top coverage, and you know as soon as he left, then that became Robert Woods. Robert Woods was going to be the one seeing you know Patrick Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman and you know the other top corners around the league, so Xavier Rhodes and Akib Talib and um before Talib got traded there. But anyways, <laughs> he uh, so. Yeah, so so but then, you know, now you you send another wide receiver one back over there to 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 take away that coverage and put softer coverage on Robert Woods. And to me, he gets a huge bump. So he's kind of been up and down this offseason based on who was on the other side. That's totally fair enough. I guess my my point was I think most people in like the general you know the 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 normal fantasy player saw Watkins leave and thought, "Oh, Robert Woods goes up, right?" Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and so I agree with you. And I I was I don't know. It's easy yeah. to draw that line because Woods was good. Woods was really good. But yeah. if you really think about it, there's no way. They, I mean, they couldn't have gone in. They're trying to build something for right now. They could not have gone into next year with Robert Woods as their wide receiver one and Cooper Cup as their wide receiver two. Like, yeah, that probably wasn't going to happen. So it makes yeah. sense. Um, and yeah, I definitely it, agree he's too low. If anything, at that point, Cooper Cup was the wide receiver one because Wrong. he, it, I mean, he, his his coverage Volume was going wise, to maybe. be... Yeah, it, which is yeah. which is what I'm saying. It, the, the, to me, this entire thing, it's a practical matter. It's not a matter of who's the most talented. Again, it all comes back to how does a defensive coordinator view and game plan against your offense. And, I mean, Cooper, Cooper Cup is going to have his own value either way because you don't send Patrick Peterson into the slot. You don't send Richard Sherman into the slot. So, you know, without Peter, a, a, yeah, 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 Peterson, I guess, does sometimes, sometimes, but, but only if it's a guy that that's a clear number one that moves there. He would, I mean, he's going to stick on the outside guy if he's, yeah, the yeah. guy he's shadowing, but Peterson's one of the only true shadow corners, yeah, he's he's an absolute freak, but yeah. I mean, guys like Xavier, Xavier Rhodes, he'll he'll shadow the top outside wide receiver all day. He he won't go into the slot. Yeah, but, so that I was, can't speak to Rhodes specifically, but a lot of times people say shadow corner or this guy's going to be on this guy or whatever, and it's just not true. Yeah. You know what I mean? They like, don't follow them everywhere. Like they'll they might follow him seventy percent of the time, but Peterson, dude, is Peterson legit? Will move everywhere you go. Yep. Totally. We don't. Yeah. Totally unrelated. Sorry, but <laughs> no, you're good. We're, I so, think we're good on Woods. Yeah, the the one other thing I w- I do want to say about Robert Woods right now is he he's uh his ADP is below Devontae Parker, below Golden Tate, below Cooper Cup, below Marvin Jones, Devin Funches. These are that's those are names that's that's disrespectful to me. <laughs> Robert Woods is 
it, it wasn't a flash in a pan, first of all. But second of all, just based on the makeup of that offense, he's far more valuable than any one of those guys I just named. Uh, my wide receiver by man, we're we're really dragging these guys out here. Let's. <laughs> I know for I guys we, we might, actually agree on. Too. I know. <laughs> just wait. I think we might agree on this next one, maybe. So if we do, let's let's try to hammer through it. But so I've got Will <laughs> Fuller. Yep. Um, Will Fuller is being drafted as wide receiver thirty-five right now. Thirty-five. Yeah. That is. That's nuts. <laughs> and yeah. granted, neither one of us agree that he <laughs> should be a top 12 wide receiver like James does, which is just nuts in on the <laughs> other end of the scale. But yeah. thirty wide receiver 35 is crazy to me. This is, what, a third-year player at this point going into his third year who, who has shown that he's an electric player when he's given the opportunity and when he's healthy and he's tied to this young quarterback – I mean, he's he's gonna see like you like your whole your whole case with Robert Woods. He's gonna see the second corner on every single play with Hopkins on the other side. Yeah, uh, that his quarterback has shown. I mean, in his limited sample size, that he's also an electric playmaker who can get the ball get the ball where he needs to go. I don't understand the hate. I mean, wide receiver 35, 98 overall. I mean, that's round. That's what beginning around nine round eight yeah i can't yeah. do math but somewhere around there like if i can get what if i can get will fuller as my wide receiver three or wide receiver four like all day man almost a full round later than robert woods and to me those two yeah. are very similar and then he's also below Cortland sutton and calvin ridley and i love which Cortland is just sutton. stupid but these guys aren't on rosters yet yeah that's nonsense yeah so yeah, that's there. There's a big time correction that needs to happen there. But yeah, we can we can make that a quick easy one because Will cool. Fuller by by the hell out of Will Fuller, he should be going several rounds earlier. Agreed. All right, what do you got at running back? Oh, you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. I thought you could go first, so we could get another quick one. Oh, okay. We can do that. All right. <laughs> All right. I know, I know mine's not going to be quick. That's true. I, I, I happen to know that I stole your original running back by. You did. So I've you got did. Aaron Jones, running back 27, overall number 91. And Jones is below guys like Deion Lewis, um, which yeah, that one doesn't bother me too, too much. But Ronald Jones, I'm going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, and uh, cry on your shoulder over that one. Kenyon Drake, who I don't know that he's got a full-time role coming. Um, Tevin Coleman, a backup. Um, you know, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. It, Nick Chubb is... Care, I'm, careful, I'm, with, careful with the Tevin Coleman hate there, man. Yeah. It, <laughs> I, yeah, well, that one... It, a it's backup. Just, that's all you said. A backup. That's, <laughs> at the, that's rough. At the moment. At the moment, yeah, yeah, he's no. the backup. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so he, okay, how about this? The, for, in the interest of diplomacy, Aaron Jones is also below Devontae Freeman. He can't be below both of those guys. One of those two is the backup. One of those two is the, the far superior back. Backup You're, is rough, though. I would say 1B. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Coleman gets maybe. used a lot. 
Anyways, this isn't yeah. a Coleman conversation. Go ahead. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones is going to be not just 1A, but he's going to be number one in Green Bay. He's by far the most talented back on that roster. And I don't believe that they're going to address that position in the draft. So it, to, I, I think that they, they know what they've got with Aaron Jones, and I think that he's got an opportunity. I said it last week. He was in my top six, top six. Um, as a running back to own in 2018. And it's because I honestly believe that this guy has high-end running back one potential. I think this could be a guy that we're talking about, kind of a breakout type of guy, you know, along the same lines as Alvin Kamara and Kareem Hunt. This could end up being a guy that we're drafting early in the first round in startup drafts going into 2019. Yeah, I'm on board with Aaron Jones for sure. The first round startup pick is a little strong. It's possible, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. That's just. It's hard for me to go that far. But second round startup pick, I think, is what I said last week um, when I agreed with you on Aaron Jones last week. So, <laughs> yeah, man, and and like as far as being ahead of or wait behind being behind Ronald Jones mm-hmm. that's stupid that's yeah. so stupid Sony Michelle and even if even if we even if we liked Ronald Jones which i think most people know me and you specifically do not mm-hmm. i love Ronald Jones by the way i what? just i i don't like i don't like what's oh, okay. going to happen to well, him well i don't like him yeah so i just i mean he's he's a good okay He's an NFL caliber player ish. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't think he's gonna get a workhorse role anywhere. And he yeah. hasn't shown that he can produce in the passing game and he's sub he's subsized as a running anyways. He's yet, I don't So but to even even if we liked even if I liked him, to pick Ronald Jones, who I think isn't gonna be a first round NFL pick or I mean okay that's not a good argument because Aaron Jones was a fifth round pick but Aaron Jones has produced in the NFL already mm-hmm. to pick Ronald Jones over him I mean that's just stupid but my biggest like my my other point I wanted to make is Kenyon Drake being drafted ahead of Aaron Jones like if if either of those teams are addressing the running back position in the draft it's the Dolphins yep like why are we why are we making that bet when we can wait around and take Aaron Jones who is on a team that probably isn't going to address the running back position in the first 5 rounds of the NFL draft. Yeah. And and they both had they both showed it in limited limited sample sizes. So yeah, I'm all about I'm all about Aaron Jones over a bunch of those guys and Definitely think he's the back to own for sure in in Green Bay. All right, so it's on me. My running back buy is Darius Geis slash the 102. And hear me out. (laughs) I don't know if I can. Uh. I know you hate assigning the 102 to Darius Geis, and I get that. Yeah. But honestly... I my this whole opinion is based morely on morely. Oh my god, I just said morely. Yes, more so already <laughs> shooting holes in this argument. This opinion is based more so 
on the value of the 102 versus the value of the 101. So Darius Geis is the consensus 102, and he's being drafted at uh, number 41 overall mm-hmm. in a startup draft, which you could argue is still pretty rich. I get that. Yep. But Saquon Barkley slash 101 is being drafted at 109 in startups. That's his ADP in Superflex right now is the ninth pick overall in the first round of a startup draft. So to say that the value difference between the 101 and the 102 is what what is that three and a half rounds in a startup draft is just crazy to me. Like, I get that there's a teardrop, obviously, but, man, if you... Obviously, we all know the 101 is pretty unattainable right now for any sort of decent price in a in an existing Dynasty League. Just go get the 102, man. It's it's way, way cheaper. And Darius Geis is a good player. If he lands in a bad spot and Chubb lands in a good spot, Chubb is a really good player. Like, whoever you get at 102 is going to be a really good running back. Right. In, so yeah, that's my whole argument. Just that that value difference to me seemed nuts. Um, so go get the one hundred and two. Don't try to trade for the one hundred and one anymore. Just go try to trade for the one hundred and two. Right. I mean, you you know what my issue is with this whole thing. It's kind of two different arguments. Barkley and Geis. Right at the moment, I I don't see nearly as as big of a difference as what currently exists in the ADP. One hundred and one and one hundred and two. I don't see as big of a difference as what currently exists, but I I I just don't like the way we're framing this. Well, there you go. You with, agree with where me, where Geis is one point oh two, and and to me that's I mean that's why the difference does exist. Even though I don't completely agree with it, I I I can substantiate it a little bit because I mean we don't we don't know. The Darius Geis is 1.02. We honestly don't. I, I I mean, I've laid out a scenario before where, you know, I could see a, a, a wide receiver, you know, going to the perfect situation. I, I'm telling you right now, if Cortland Sutton gets drafted to San Francisco, people are going to be falling all over themselves. He becomes 1.02. I promise you. And it doesn't matter where Darius Geis lands. Just the idea of Cortland Sutton catching passes from Jimmy Garoppolo for the next decade is I, it, everybody get your hands on the table. Hand check time. De- because Decade is a little rich. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? What's Jimmy G, like 25? Yeah, how often does a quarterback and a wide receiver duo stay together for 10 years? That's, that's crazy. It's, it, it's... I get your point. And people are going to view it that way. Even if you're right and they don't stay together for 10 years, that's going to be the lens that people view this through. They're going to say Jimmy G is in his early 20s, mid-20s, and Cortland Sutton is in his early 20s. These guys are going to be together forever. He's going to be the number one wide receiver in what we already know. You know, I'm putting – I'm – putting words in people's mouth right now because this is exactly what we see happen all the time. We already know that Jimmy G is going to be elite. We already know that Cortland Sutton is going to be elite. You put those two together for, you know, till the end of time, till I'm tired of playing dynasty football and yeah, you know, give me Sutton and all of the championships I'm going to win when he's, 
when he's That's Randy crazy. Moss. It's all crazy. It's all crazy talk. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it, it all <laughs> So goes. I see I see your point. My my point though is when people are drafting the 101 right now in a startup, like let's say you're doing a startup mm-hmm. and and the rookie picks are included in the startup. Yeah. You draft the 101 thinking you're drafting Saquon Barkley as of this moment right now. Well, as you, of this moment right now, you're thinking when you draft the 102, okay, I'm going to draft I'm going to get Darius Geis here. Yeah. So my point being, and what you said earlier, agreeing with that point, is the value difference between the 101 and the 102, as well as the value difference between Barkley and Geis, should not be what it is. Right. Yeah. The only problem is there is a little added risk on the 1.02 because we don't know who is going to be 102. We do know... That 1.01 is absolutely going to be Barkley, and it really doesn't matter where he goes. It doesn't matter where anybody lands. Barkley is the 1.01, and that is now recorded. I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> I I tr- I stand by that. I truly believe that, even despite the fact that I can't stand running backs and their the roller coaster that they take you on. I, I honestly believe that about Saquon Barkley. I believe that he deserves a 1.01 regardless of which team he lands on. I don't feel that way about Darius Geis. There are way too many factors, and it's not just his landing spot. It's the re- how does the rest of this draft fall. So, you know... You, That's fair, but as of right now, when people are drafting the 102, they mm-hmm. think they're drafting Darius Geis. That's my whole point. Yeah, but they I I think that they also recognize what I'm saying, which is you don't know that for sure. You don't know who 102 is going to end up being, and therefore you do have to diminish its value a little bit. What I, I So I, that that's fair. Even so even in your situation in that in that scenario though, mm-hmm. wouldn't that make the 102 even more valuable knowing that you have some flexibility with it? I, well, the problem is roster construction though. I mean, in this, in this happened last year, you know, we have been talking about, uh, you know, Fournette and Cook for over a year as being, you know, these were going to be, the one of these guys was going to be 1.01, and then the NFL draft happens, and they land in, you know, decent situations. Cook falls to the second round, and Fournette goes to, uh, you know, it's a, we know he's going to be the workhorse, but it's a kind of bad offense with a, you know, a, a pretty mediocre quarterback and, you know, not great line play. And then all of a sudden, Corey Davis gets drafted into, in a, into you know, essentially the same thing as Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. You know, Mariota had all the shimmer and all the shine in the world on him. And Corey Davis gets drafted there to be the number one wide receiver in a Marcus Mariota offense for the foreseeable foreseeable future, and he becomes a consensus 1.01. That can still happen. That's likely to happen, in fact. So while I agree that sure. Darius Geis, talent-wise, is closer to Saquon Barkley than what people think, the problem is you don't know for sure what 1.02 is yet. We don't know for sure that it's Darius Geis. Although, I, I mean, I don't think that he falls any farther than 103, 104, even in a super flex. 
I do think that he could fall out of 102. And I think people probably recognize that. I just think my, my, my larger point was to just say, stop bother, stop, stop trying to get the 101 because it's too expensive and go trade for the 102 because you're still going to get a great player. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I guess the other thing to your point is you can always, you know, if you, if, if you need running backs and you draft 1.02 thinking you're going to take a running back there and then the NFL draft kind of forces your hand like it did last year with Corey Davis, you can always trade back. So I, I, I could see right. it. I don't, I don't know that 1.02 should lose as much value as it is. I, I don't think that it's, I mean, it, it is more volatile, but I, I think I'm with you. Like it, it could, it could hold more value than what it currently does. And I definitely agree that Geis holds more value than where he's currently ranked. We spent way too long on that. Let's go to tight end, <laughs> tight end ADP buys. So as we tend I'm probably going to get, I know <laughs> I'm probably going to get some hate on this one. Um, it's Eric Ebron and this is obviously one of the most polarizing tight ends in the league right now. Uh, you've got ever. one side saying uh, maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> We've got one side saying this guy has been in the league for four years. He's yet to show us that he can produce on a consistent basis. He's way overhyped. He's had his chances. This guy's done. He's never going to be anything. We got on the other side saying he's still 25 or 24. Maybe I don't even know. I, I should know that. Um, and he's one of the most athletic tight ends we've ever seen coming into the league and give him a chance. He still needs to develop like he's still young, blah, blah, blah. So I get it. There's going to be people hating this take and there's going to be people loving this take. But more more so for me, it's the fact that he went to Indianapolis and he is, I mean, I just said it, but he is still really young. <laughs> the average breakout age for a tight end in the NFL is 27 years old. Did you know that, John? No, I didn't. I, I 27. I knew that there's a that it takes a while. I knew that there's a a pretty long learning curve for tight ends. I didn't realize it. 27. I don't know why you would ever take a a tight end as early as they is the Lions in particular <laughs> like to draft tight ends, knowing that it's going to take you know five years. Yeah, man, 27 years old is the average breakout age for an NFL tight end. That's nuts. Eric Ebron, we actually owe a happy birthday to. Um, this episode will be released on the 11th, and his birthday is April 10th. So he's he just turned 25. Hey, happy birthday, Eric yeah. Ebron. And I just so, traded you in every league. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> you you traded him away? Oh, I can't I can't get rid of him fast enough. Oh my god, dude! Okay, <laughs> wow. I didn't think we were going to be on opposite ends of the spectrum on this one. Really? Yeah. This is an obvious buy to me. Yeah, and, and it's an so, obvious sell to me as a guy wow. who's as a as an Eric Ebron owner in so many. You know leagues. what? This is how this is why trades get done, man. We all have different opinions, and that's okay. Yeah, I you know every my my Jack Doyle hate is well known on this podcast and on mm -hmm. Twitter. Mm -hmm. he, and the signing of Eric Ebron, uh, 
pretty much just proves that I was right the whole time. Um, <laughs> okay. Good <so> you. <laughs> they obviously knew that they did not have the the long-term playmaking solution that they needed at that position. And so they brought in a young, super athletic player mm-hmm. to, to fill that need that they had to fill – uh, from their old decrepit option that they had last year and the year before. So oh. <laughs> um, Eric Ebron weird. is the tight end one in Indianapolis. I don't care what you say. It's done. Uh, uh, yeah, there's I don't no, even know about there's that. There's no chance, 0% chance, that they line these two guys up and decide, you know what, I'm going to give Jack Doyle more targets than I'm going to give Eric Ebron, and that's going to win us football games. Zero percent chance that happens, and sure, does he drop some? Ha- does he drop some balls? Absolutely. But again, he's a developing player. He was probably drafted too high, um, mm-hmm. but he does have first round draft capital, and he is one of the most athletic tight ends we've ever seen. I don't understand. It's like it's pretty simple to me, and, and he's going to a scheme that has proven to use the tight end, even if it's a sixty forty split. They Indianapolis runs two tight end sets all the time, and Andrew Luck, who we both think should be back sooner rather than later, has shown that he loves to throw the ball to the tight end position. Yep. So I just don't even I don't understand how anybody could see this and not think that this is an improvement for Eric Ebron and and a shot for him to legitimately get a chance on a team where they're going to use him and and they value his athleticism and his playmaking ability. I just it's so clear cut to me. It's crazy. And right now, he's being drafted at 135 overall. That's what the 12th round. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He's going well, he's going behind Jordan Reed, dude. And George Kittle. George well, George Kittle I'm on board with. I mean, it he, so here's the problem George for Kittle, me. I mean, George Kittle's a second-year player. Mhm. Who I love, I love George Kittle. Who already flashed as a rookie. So has Eric Ebron, dude. Eric Ebron's done ten times the amount George Kittle's done. I don't know about that. My, I mean, my problem with Eric Ebron is that yeah, he does flash every every single year. He flashes, but I mean, that's all you get. You never get consistency from him. You get, you just see that flash. You get maybe half of a season from him, and it's been that way all along. And it's not that's not just fantasy. Like I explain to me why this guy didn't make it to the end of his contract in Detroit, and before they shipped him off, they don't have any. I mean, they maybe they like Michael Roberts, but I mean, if if Eric Ebron is on the verge of a breakout, and you know the and the the Lions. The fact that the Lions were were willing to trade him away speaks volumes to me. The fact that you know if if he was really on the verge of a breakout, I don't know why the Lions would have used you know a first round draft pick on a tight end and then get rid of him before this actually happens. I think that they've seen all that there is to see of Eric Ebron, and they know it. And for fantasy purposes, let's not pretend that NFL teams make great personnel decisions every every time. Well, not even close. That that's true. And and, and they've had this guy for four years. Yeah, and 
uh, for them to – I mean, again, 27 years old is the average breakout age for a tight end. And, right. and for them to get fed up with him, I, I mean, it's not – obviously it's not good <laughs> that, yeah. that they didn't want him. I get that. But they're the team that's had him from the beginning, and they've seen him drop crucial plays, and they've seen him run the wrong route, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't I, – and I don't know. Like, for one team to give up on him doesn't mean that another team can't find success with the same player. That happens all the time. It's it's certainly possible. I'm just not willing to pass on some of the guys that are actually below Eric Ebron, much less the guys in the same range. Because I you would I, take Jordan Reed on your dynasty startup team over Eric Ebron. Well, I we're both in agreement on Jordan Reed. The only reason that he didn't end up in on this episode as one of the cells is because that's way too chalky. Everybody knows that Jordan Reed is a ticking time bomb, injury wise. He's he's the guy that the injury prone designation was created for. But I mean, I'm talking, you know, again, George Kittle. I, there's still a lot of story to be written on George Kittle, um, you know David Njoku, O.J. Howard, those those younger guys, and then even some of the older guys like Kyle Rudolph and Greg Olson. We've seen complete seasons from those guys. We've seen that you can trust those guys on your dynasty roster, and in four years we haven't seen that from Eric Ebron. Now maybe you're right. Maybe he turns 27 and that and flips a switch, but. I'm just not willing to bank on that. I've seen him disappear in very good matchups every single season of his entire career. He's been in the same offense. He's had the same quarterback, and he just has not been able to put it together in four years. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I personally am tired of waiting. I know it's, it's not a, it's a super polarizing take and and player, obviously. Yeah. So. Do what you want, but I, I'm all aboard the Eric Ebron train at his value. I'm not saying sure. he's, you know, it's all it's all cost. All right, we'll speed through a little bit here. Real quick, my tight end by Rob Gronkowski. He's tight end four, overall number 60. He's still the best tight end in football. I get the retirement concerns. I mean, we've, we've it, it sounds like he's kind of taking the edge off of that. It really is kind of dependent on Tom Brady. It got a little bit political at the end of the season for the Patriots, but Tom Brady's coming back, Rob Gronkowski's coming back, and as long as he's on the field, he's the best tight end in football. So to drop him below guys like Evan Ingram is, to me, that's that's a little egregious. Um, yeah, I mean, he was my, I think he was one of my ADP values last week, mm-hmm. so I'm all about that. Easy enough. Um there's been some bad blurbs out of about him recently, though. <laughs> On this show in particular, about no, his from uh... like Roto World, dude. Oh, huh. I saw something today that was like his his stay in New England is is running thin or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Oh yeah, I've, I I have heard some stuff about him being on the trading block. But yeah, that was on, that was obviously a big rumor. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm in, I'm in agreement. We don't need to spend too much time here. But yeah, I think he plays for several years. I mean, I'm t- I'm thinking three minimum. Yeah, and Which, he's obviously one of the best to ever play. Yeah, so even if he even if he switches teams, I mean, 
in, in, a team a team isn't going to get this guy if they don't plan on using him, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it, regardless so. of the roster, in three years, he can do far more than any other tight end in the league. For sure. So, And then, you know, when he finally does pack it, pack it in, then then you, you know, you figure it out. But for the time being, take the number one tight end in all of football. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast and the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. All right, let's move on to some sells real quick. Um, just some quarterbacks that we want to sell. And uh, <laughs> here we are trying to go fast, but I can tell already <laughs> we've got some discussions uh, coming here. But um, So I'll start real quick because I don't think mine is quite as much of a hot take as yours. I've got Alex Smith. He's quarterback 23. He Overall, he's 74 in a super flex. So that's, you know, it's not outrageous value anyways. But I just, I it, some of the guy. I mean, he's above some of the incoming rookies like Baker Mayfield, uh, Sam Darnold. I believe he's ahead of Josh Rosen. Yeah, he's he's ahead of Josh Rosen. Um, it, you know, all, all of the incoming rookies, he's ahead of all of those guys. And that's crazy too. Well, Lamar Jackson actually is one spot ahead of Alex Smith. The rest of the incoming rookies are below Alex Smith. I'll take the long-term upside of every one of those rookies over Alex Smith that you just got the best that you're going to get from him in 2017. He's not going to be able to replicate that. He doesn't have the the testicular fortitude to throw the ball down the field enough to make that happen again. So I'm selling Alex Smith. I, (laughs) my only, my only point here is he's, his ADP is QB 23, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Low end quarterback. Even his, even in his, like regular Alex Smith years, he was finishing in that like sixteen to eighteen range. Yeah. Like. Yeah, he's what thirty seven. I, I just think you, you get a baseline. You get a baseline. Like worst case scenario, you throw him in. I mean, at QB twenty three, you're drafting him as your QB three. Yeah. In Superflex, you know, and I'm I'm on board with Alex Smith as a QB three. Um, I'm fine with it. I'd just rather have a rookie. That that's fair for the upside argument. I totally get that. Yeah. Like if we're talking Smith versus Mayfield, like no question. Yeah. Um so my guy's Carson Wentz as a QB cell, and I know this is this seems crazy. Yep. <laughs> Again though, it it's all about cost. And right now he's being taken as the QB three overall in Dynasty Superflex. Uh, 15 overall, so that's the 203 
in in a startup draft, which I'm I'm actually okay with that spot. Um, but I don't know. So I've seen I've seen Carson Wentz go QB one many many times, mm-hmm. and my whole entire point is this. This was so 2017 was his second year in the league, mm-hmm. obviously, and he was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he was amazing. Mm-hmm. He had a great year. He threw 33 intercept or 33 touchdowns and only had seven interceptions. Um and he, so obviously he got hurt. So my point is this, right? So if you okay. I don't know how to frame this without totally I don't want to hate on him. I, everybody, I like him. <laughs> I like Carson me. Wentz. Okay. I just feel so. I feel his his value right now mm-hmm. is crazy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's he's one of the better young quarterbacks in the league, for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's got insane potential, but the fact that he's about he 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 just finished his second year in the league, and he's already up at QB three. That's unheard of. Right, and if you can get, I mean, the haul that you should be able to get in Superflex for the QB three would be insane. Like you can get the QB five plus some, you know, plus a, a, a couple pieces probably. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like to uh, to let someone quote unquote upgrade to to Carson Wentz, and I just don't know if I definitely don't think there's a one hundred percent chance that he reproduces anywhere close to the fantasy production he had last year. I mean, why, when, why not? Because it, it was, it's so, (laughs) it sounds so stupid, but it was too good, man. Yeah. You can't be that good in your second year. I mean, especially after his rookie year, that was pretty, pretty damn mediocre, Right, like he played sixteen games and threw for thirty seven hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, fourteen interceptions, had a QB re- QB rating of seventy nine. Like, mm, I don't know, man. I just he had a great year. How often do we buy into one great year, and it ends up biting us in the ass? Like, it's kind of the same. I know he played thirteen games instead of like seven, but it's kind of the same situation as Des- as Deshaun Watson, like. His production was just so good. I just don't see. I, I see a, a decent chance of regression coming, as far as just pure counting stats and 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 fantasy numbers. And I don't know, man. The, just my whole point is the value he's at right now. In order for him to maintain that value, twelve months from now, he's going to have to put up a top five quarterback fantasy season and i don't know if i'm i don't know if i want to take that risk i mean he's going to be good for many many years yes i i'm 1000 percent in agreement there mm-hmm. but is he going to be is he going to hold a qb3 overall value for several years i don't think he is so well i so first of all i don't think that he has to be as good as he was he averaged over 21 points a game. The only other quarterback to average over 20 points a game, well, over 21 points a game, 
and they were the only two to average over 20 points a game. Russell Wilson averaged 21.49. I can tell you for a fact, <laughs> firsthand knowledge, that going into the 2017 season, everybody, not everybody, but there there was a strong faction, a strong contingency of people who had already bought into Russell Wilson before he did that, before he averaged 21 points per game so you know Carson Wentz has already proved more than Russell Wilson had at this time last year so that's number one number two I mean part of this is being able to see around corners right I mean that's what we're trying to do we so first of all we've seen Carson Wentz do this already we saw him do it in just his second year it's an offense that, for the most part, is still intact. I mean, he, he loses Frank Reich. That's kind of the biggest loss. And, I mean, he loses Trey Burton. He loses Torrey Smith. But, I mean, all the main pieces are still in place. The offensive line is still there. Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, those guys are still there. You know, Corey Clement becomes a bigger piece of the passing game. This is an offense that was tailored to Carson Wentz. And they've kept that offense intact for the most part. I, I, you know, I, I just, I think that it's safe sometimes to go off of the idea that what we just saw is going to continue because all the variables are still in place. And, and I'm, I agree that that's a possibility. What I'm saying is there's also a possibility it doesn't turn out so great. And there's just enough unknown for me to consider getting out at top three quarterback prices. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. And in, so do you <laughs> – this is going <laughs> to sound stupid, So, but it's true. So in, in Nick Foles, okay, mm-hmm. in his second year in the league, do you remember what happened? I remember the seven touchdown game. Um, beyond that, I don't, I don't know exactly what he did. Okay, so in, in Nick Foles' second year in the league, 2013, second year in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Is this new new player comes out not so good first year, second year comes in and just lights it up, dude. Mm-hmm. He played 13 games. He had 27 touchdowns, two interceptions a quarterback rating of 119, a completion percentage of 64. All of those, well, the the completion percentage and the quarterback rating and the touchdown-to-interception ratio, all better than Carson Wentz's second year in the league. Mm-hmm. That's, all I'm, that's all I'm saying, dude. We don't know. That's all I'm saying is we don't know for 100% certain who Carson Wentz is yet. And the fact that... Wentz went down and this same Foles who never even, I mean, this was a third string guy at some point, right? Mm-hmm. Came in and produced in that same sense, in, in that same system and won a Super Bowl and threw however many touchdowns he threw. Like, uh, I don't know, man. It just, it gives me the heebie jeebies a little bit. <laughs> I know that's hashtag analysis, but <laughs> man. I just we all I'm saying is we don't know and people are acting like we know and we don't 
That's my whole entire argument. It's worth considering getting out at the tip-top peak of his value as QB3 overall in Dynasty football because we don't know yet. There is a chance that he's not as good as we think he is. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where we would have said the same thing about Aaron Rodgers, about There's Andrew There was a time Luck. we would have said the same thing about Nick Foles, though, and it came true. Yeah, I, I guess my That's point is... I guess my point is we we end up being right about this stuff more often than not. Nick Foles does happen. RG3 Dude, does I happen. But I mean I don't think we're all more I don't think we're more right than wrong. <laughs> when, when it comes to when it comes to quarterbacks, I mean it, if the idea is that, you know, that that continued progression throughout their career or at least through the first couple years of their career is an outlier I mean that's if if that's the uh, if that's the concern, then that ends up being false more often than not. Usually, if you see a quarterback on the career arc that Carson Wentz is on right now, it continues, and and I mean that that generally holds up. Like the the one thing that can really get in the way is injury. But beyond that, especially in Carson Wentz's case, because like I said, I mean everything stays in place. This they just continue doing exactly what they did in 2017. He's throwing to Zach Ertz. He's throwing to Alshon Jeffrey. They're keeping people honest with the running game. You know he he's it's in it, there. You know it's it's also to be totally honest, it's not a super complicated offense. You know, it's it's not right. Obviously, Nick Foles came in and succeeded. I, I understand right. the scheme is there. Yeah. And Peterson's there. And I'm all about I love Doug Peterson and I love what they did and they're, what they're doing. And and the chances are he has another good year. Mm-hmm. But my whole point, again, is we just don't know what he is yet. Yeah. And the fact that his value, like what second year quarterback can you remember that that's had a quarterback number three overall value like and i mean we, let's not get into deshaun watson because i think we both agree that <laughs> he's overvalued right right like i don't know man just the fact that his value is already there mm-hmm. I, yeah it's hard for me it's hard for me to not at least consider getting out while at the tip top value that's all i'm saying i like carson wentz i think he's good but is he qb3 for the rest of his career i don't know i don't know yeah i mean odds are that he doesn't sustain that but i mean top five that's definitely doable so i i i hear what you're saying so what happens if he has a bad year uh, i mean what happens if he has a marcus mariota year well that what happens if he has a Dak prescott year yeah, I mean he's gonna drop. What happens an if ADP. he has a Jameis Winston year? Yeah, he's he. You know, he would I drop mean, in ADP. He would drop in people's rankings significantly. And... Significantly, we just talked about Dak being QB twelve. Mm-hmm. Where was Dak twelve months ago? Right, QB four, QB five. Yeah, in his first year, by the way. But after his first year, right? Yeah, but I'm yeah, but I'm again. I'm just saying we don't know. Yeah, yeah, I I I understand. I understand being skeptical. I it's all a matter of you know, it I think what it comes down to here, you're kind of viewing quarterbacks the same way I view running backs. 
I'm skeptical as hell about those guys, and I feel like it's way too much risk to assume that they're going to continue to do what they just did. I feel like I've seen quarterbacks continue down the same path and be able to sustain that success. I, I but I understand what you're saying about you know if if you don't feel like you can trust that then then sure you could get out. I I will also say though, real quick, uh, Carson Wentz as overall number fifteen. That's to me that's an absolute buy. But all of these quarterbacks are are way too low for me in superflex. But completely completely agree. The first quarterback didn't come off the board till like one oh seven. Yeah. Yep. One point oh seven is Rogers. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. that's crazy. So yeah. I mean most superflex draft you're looking at three to four in the first round. Mm-hmm. So I agree on that. But yeah. Again, we're taking way too long. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to come back to that one at another point because, I mean, this is important, but we just don't have the time for it in this episode. So um, real quick, my wide receiver cell, I've got Devin Funches. He's wide receiver 25. Overall, he's number 75. And to me, I mean, he's not, you know, this is for fantasy purposes, he's a high-end wide receiver three to a low-end wide receiver too, kind of in that range. That part's not terrible, but in order for him to even do that, he has to be the number one wide receiver on his team, and I don't see that. I I don't believe that's going to be the case going forward. I think Curtis Samuel is a is a better option, a better fit in the offense that they run. I think that Cam Newton is going to use Ka- Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson And I also think that they're probably going to draft a wide receiver pretty early who I think is going to be a better fit for them and for that offense than Kelvin Benjamin as well. So I I just, I I don't buy into Kelvin Benjamin and wide receiver. Kelvin Benjamin's not there anymore. Oh, yeah. Why am I saying Devin Funches? Because <laughs> they're basically same guy. the same guy. Yeah, same guy, different name. They... How funny would it be if Carolina drafts Auden Tate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, please, please make that happen. No, I agree with everything you said. I don't think he's going to be the number one receiving option, whether that's a receiver or not. I mean, McCaffrey and Olsen whatever i i disagree that it's going to be curtis samuel but that's a different subject yeah um yeah i'm on board with that one so my wide receiver cell is julio jones and i know i know he's one of the best ever right as far as like size speed freaks and just all around nfl wide receiver he's fantastic he might be the best nfl wide receiver he's in he's in the conversation right Mm -hmm. but for dynasty football this dude is getting he, he's getting older. He's mm-hmm. super, super inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't count on this guy. He's I mean, we've all seen I don't have to go back and pull the logs. We've all seen the two hundred, three hundred yard games and then the forty yard games, right? Like we let's not this is this is common knowledge at this point. And he's still he right now he's still being drafted as wide receiver six off the board in, in Dynasty Superflex startups. And I just I can't do it, man. I don't I don't want him. I mean, I'll take him if his if his value wasn't here, mm-hmm. right? Like he's a good player, but 
I don't know. I just I don't and he's he's a big guy. He's not one of those players that is going to age well as far as an NFL role goes, I don't think. I I think we could be talking about Julio Jones the Julio Jones fall off in the next 1 to 2 years, honestly, like He's he gets nicked up all the time. He he doesn't always play through the injuries. He's yeah. I don't know, man. I I don't I don't value him as the wide receiver six in dynasty. I would not take him in the you know end of the first round in a startup. I, I think I think that this is the last chance that we're gonna have to truly max out Julio Jones's value as far as trades go. I mean, he's only getting older, right? Every year, like we come, we come next year, and everybody sees twenty nine, thirty. They're gonna start panicking on this guy, and thirty, thirty one. He's gonna be down in that Larry Fitzgerald, Des Bryant kind of range, and so you need to get rid of Julio Jones while you still can. See, I think he's due for a bounce back. Three touchdowns, and they all came in two games. That's an outlier number. That's that's even for a guy who, like you said, he's been inconsistent, you know, throughout his career, he's been inconsistent, but he's better than that. And he always has been three touchdowns. That's, that's going to improve. And I mean, he still had 1400 yards. He was still a good, a good solid, you know, low end wide receiver one in PPR. So I'm, I'm with you that wide receiver six, that's too much. I don't think that he's, that I, I think he's going to bounce back. The unfortunate part is I think that, you know, his correct value is closer to wide receiver 10, and I don't know that he's going to get there. So Right, and he's 29. Yeah. So, and so that does... We're playing Dynasty, man. He's 29. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that he's a sell. I, I agree with you. I just, um, I, I, I don't think that he's going to be nearly as bad i think there's some positive regression coming but all that's going to do is continue to overinflate his value right now it's name recognition above all else but um you know i if he has a season i think he's about to have then there's going to be some statistical basis behind that and that's unfortunate because it's gonna it's gonna overinflate his value even more from where it already is all right, so running back sells. I've got Jay Ajay, but I, I know you probably disagree with this one, John. Yep. <laughs> we really need to speed through these last couple ones, but you shouldn't have picked I'll, such I'll good players to sell. Yeah, I'm, I like I like Jay Ajay. Mm-hmm. I like watching him play. He's a fun player. I just my my whole thing is the uh, no team has shown that they're willing to commit to him and give him a true workhorse load, right? No. And disagree. Yes, that's true. Disagree. And uh, no, you're wrong. He got a full so, workload his, no, he in Miami before he No, he didn't. In 2016 he sure did. All right. Well, let's pull that up. I don't know how you get to 200 yards in a game, you know, multiple times. Okay, we're talking we're talking single games. I, just overall, I mean, that was a full workload in 2016. I believe it was. I mean, he didn't. He started off as a is inactive, healthy scratch. But from there, okay, he, sure. He he got a full workload in Miami. Uh, 
um, in 2016. So he had, he had 260 carries. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, yeah. And then and then and then they traded him mm-hmm. for a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where I mean, Adam Gase it, is making <laughs> horrible move after horrible move. Oh, wait, no, they traded him for a profit. I'm sorry. They did. They gained, they gained like a round or something. Anyways, so he did have that one year, and he had 1,200 yards. But as we all know, what did he have? He had three 200-yard games that year. Mm-hmm. He had did 204 he? yards in week six, 214 in week seven, and then 206 in week 16. Mm. So go. 600 of those, of those 1,200 yards given <laughs> three games. Yeah. And also, let's do the dirt, quick dirty math here, 85 of his 260 carries came in three games. Mm-hmm. So obviously he got quite a, a decent workload. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. No team that he's been on has shown a level of commitment to this guy that tells me he's going to be the locked and loaded starter. Mm-hmm. Also... He legitimately has degenerative knees and could he could absolutely be out of the league at any point in time. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, I'm going to let you go because we got to hurry up, and that's pretty much the, the quick, dirty take on, on JGI for me. Yeah, well, and I laid out my argument last week in the top six, top six, so I don't, I don't think that I need to rehash the entire thing. I just want to point out, number one, Adam Gase – is making horrible decisions for the Miami Dolphins, and he's he's turned that into the worst roster in football. And included in that is selling Jay Ajayi for next to nothing, just because of the you know whatever whatever issue he had with Jay Ajayi personally. It's the same reason he got rid of Jarvis Landry, and you know say what you want about that move. The other the other thing that I do want to point out just real quick, like I said last week. Jay Ajayi was brought in with two years left on his contract. They only gave up a fourth round pick. You know, he was basically, you, you, you got him for the rest of the 2017 season for essentially for free. You didn't have to pay anything. There was kind of no reason to really use him. You know, you keep leaning on Blunt, keep, you know, keep mixing in Corey Clement, get, you definitely get Ajayi some reps, but I mean, you go with the committee. Now, like Garrett Blunt's gone. Jay Ajayi's in a walk year. You know, this is the last year where you get him for free. There's absolutely no reason not to run him into the ground. And I believe that's what they're going to do. And I think that he's going to hold up for one more season while he gets the, the big contract. That's Those are all my beliefs. Um, but I mean, I, you're, so you think, you think his knees are eyeing that contract and they're saying, come on guys, yeah, we can make it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how much, I I don't know if that's going to work or not, but I mean, I think that that's the goal. Yeah. I, I, well, obviously that's his goal is to play as long as he can. Well, the, the the big goal is to get the one big contract. And that's that's the big goal for every right. running back who goes through the NFL. Right, but that doesn't mean that your team is going to use you the way that you want to be used. Why wouldn't they? They have they be, Dude, every player wants to play as much as they can and get a big contract. That doesn't mean that they do. Yeah, but why just because they want to. But why wouldn't they though? 
they it they stand to lose absolutely nothing. They stand to gain potential. I mean, he's he's gone after 2018 either way. That's kind of the point. But so maybe or they re-sign him. I I guess, but I mean, if he's got bad knees and you don't want to use him, why would you re-sign him? So you're you're banking on one good year kind of play. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll, the chances of him having a good year are better than him having sustained value over two years. Right. But and that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Every running back. But that's a whole uh, different okay. argument. So let's move on. All right. My cell is Ronald Jones, and it hurts my soul to say that because I love the way Ronald Jones runs. The problem is I, he's not built like a workhorse running back. Mm-hmm. He's built like a receiving change of pace type of back, and that's mm-hmm, not but... what he does well. He mm-hmm. he runs yep. between the tackles. He runs extremely well out in space. I mean, he can run through arm tackles like he's like he's a you know a, a Todd Gurley size back. He runs violently, and he's got wiggle. But the the problem is that there you know you if you're an offensive coordinator, you look at how he's built, you look at his speed, and you pigeonhole him as a, that change of pace guy, that receiving you know the third down back. And he's not going to excel in that role. So based on what is about to happen to him, he's running back 25. Overall, he's number 88. And he's not going to come anywhere near that value-wise because of whatever coaching staff he lands on is going to pigeonhole him as something that he's not. You're not going to hear any argument from me. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, as long as that one doesn't so, get personal, because Rojo's my boy. <laughs> yeah, no, he stinks. Um, no, he doesn't. He doesn't stink. He's just he doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my problem. He doesn't I, fit what I mean, he's going to be drafted to do. Right. Yeah. Right. He's Amir Abdullah. Yeah. With with. More nothing power. on nothing on that <laughs> with more power, but he he's he, sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So, so my my tight end cell is not all that exciting, or I shouldn't be shouldn't be very controversial. It, it's Austin Hooper, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, normally when you think sell, you think of somebody who has a high value. Austin Hooper does not have a high value. Right. He is currently tight end twenty two, uh, taken at one hundred and eighty six overall mm-hmm. which is nothing right i mean it's super dirt cheap my so coming from that angle my thought on my view on austin hooper right now is he's never going to be anything mm-hmm. in, in as far as fantasy football is concerned yeah he might be i mean if you're in a two tight end league you know you might want to f- have him as a bi-week guy like that's where i'm at on austin hooper yeah i just he had his chance he's he's yet to show that he can can produce anywhere close to fantasy relevance for any significant amount of time i wouldn't be surprised if they bring someone else in i just i think this guy is done as a fantasy option and right now i mean you can still get something for him he's still in the top 200 right like 
there there's some players where at some point you just need to cut bait and that's where i'm at with him so yep agreed. i don't expect you to have a hot take there but yeah yeah no i don't i mean uh, immediately below him are johnny smith and mike jacecki i would rather both. take a shot take on either one of those guys yep um, just, you know, just for the upside play, Tyler Croft is a ways below Jake, Budd is way below Vance McDonald, Steven Anderson, Rico gathers. These are all guys, Jared cook. I'd way rather take a shot on any one of those guys. So yeah, even with a defined role, I just, he just does nothing for you. My tight end. cell, Jimmy Graham, tight end number six, overall number 97, I don't mind the overall so much is the fact that he's still ranked as tight end number six. It, it's it's a it seems like a good situation in Green Bay, although that's an offense that doesn't typically use the tight end a whole lot. The bigger issue for me is this is an aging tight end, you know, a, a tight end, a, a touchdown dependent tight end, and. He's going ahead of guys like O.J. Howard and David Njoku. That, those are the two most egregious to me. Those are the two guys that I would gladly take over Jimmy Graham. Um, ju- again, just for the upside. I could not agree more. And I don't know how much of this is due to his landing spot with Green Bay. And I will concede there's a chance that he has one good year there. But a good, a good is relative. I mean, mm-hmm. could he catch twelve touchdowns? Sure. Yeah. Is he going to break seven hundred yards? Probably not. Right. So, and yeah, like you said, he's getting older. And, and I, I, I mean, you said you didn't have a problem with ninety-seven overall. I do have a problem with ninety-seven overall. That's the eighth round. There's no way I'm taking Jimmy Graham as the tight end six off the board in the eighth round of a dynasty startup. Yeah, that's probably true. No way, no right. way, dude. No way. Right. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, couldn't yeah, totally on board with that one. Yeah. Yeah. And if and if you get if you get a value boost from him going to Green Bay, by all means, I mean that's just even more reason to, to get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. If you're gonna reach for a tight end, you you want a guy with upside. And you know, OJ Howard, David Njoku, George Kittle, those are the type of guys that you reach for. You let Jimmy Graham fall to the depths of the draft, you know, in the same range as the Eric Ebrons and the Austin Safarian Jenkins, the Delaney Walkers. Those are, they're, they're all kind of the same guy. You know, it's a, it's a coin toss between any, any two of those guys. So yeah, I I think you're right. Even reaching to 97 is is pretty bad, um, but definitely passing on some of these younger guys is is crazy. But that that's our buys and sells based on recent ADP in Superflex Dynasty. Uh, I hope that's helpful for those you know going into a draft here in the next uh, in the next couple weeks. I hope that uh, that this gives you an idea of uh of not just on these individual players but just kind of overall you know where we're how we're approaching some of these positions and uh some of these players based on their profiles but we're going to be back here in a couple days to uh we're going to talk some more about this we're actually going to build some rosters with some late round adp so there's your opportunity to get some uh some sleepers for the the back end of your draft 
So definitely tune in for that. And until then, bye. Yeah.